Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, July the 10th. We are coming to you from our separate homes across Southwest Missouri. My name is Joey Mills and joining me today on the show, we've got, we'll skip Brad because he's muted. <laughs> we'll come back to him. Curtis. Dustin. K-Dub. And Brad's there. He may or may not be joining us tonight. His connection's a little spotty since we have to do this, you know, online still because people refuse to wear masks so we can get past this pandemic. But anyhow, so social commentary aside, we are a yeah, we we are a bunch of fans, artists, creators, and critics from the Midwest talking entertainment, pop culture, taking your comments and whatever. We've got a great show for you this week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to the folks who are joining us live on the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel. Thunder Grunt Bob just joined the party, so hey there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that is. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Uh, if you're listening on cast, feel free to type your comments. Uh, we read them all, and uh, we just might read some of them out loud on the show. Before we jump into the headlines, we always start by asking... What everybody's watched, read, listened to, played, done in the past week or so. But let's just go ahead and get it out of the way right up front. Did anybody not watch Hamilton in the past week? I did not watch Hamilton. Wow. I'm kind of not surprised. Like, if if, if it's between that and, like, uh, Princess Bride, you're just not going to watch either of those, are you? (laughs) I just don't have what's it on Disney. Yeah. Both on Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, so there, there you go. I didn't watch it. So, All right. uh, my my opinion is that um, yeah, I guess they did okay. <laughs> now, have you heard any of the music or anything like that from it? No, nothing. Okay, so you're just completely oblivious to all of it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it. I know people are watching it. Yeah. That's all I know. Tara over on cast says uh, that you stress her out. <laughs> <laughs> with, your, with the shit that you pull, uh, just just drink some more Viking. It'll <laughs> yeah. be okay. There you go. So, awesome. did anybody do anything besides watch Hamilton in the past week or so? That's basically that's basically all I did. All right, fair enough. I've been getting the house around the paint. Yeah. So we we did. I started with the banister on the porch. I thought. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this nice, and I'm gonna sand all the old paint off of it. Right. Holy shit! There are like layers upon layers of paint on that thing. I, I sanded for an entire day, and I just <laughs> barely made some headroom. I was like, "Forget it. I'm I'm gonna do." It. Wife's like, "Don't worry about it. Just paint it." I was like, oh, "I want to make it perfect." But holy shit, man! <laughs> I think must have been an inch thick with a paint. You didn't realize that, yeah, it was a two by two instead of a four by four. It's ridiculous. So I got that done, and now we're we're gonna paint the front door tonight, and then paint the porch and the front of the garage. So 
Curtis, we're getting a whole lot of feedback from you. I don't know if you can. From me? Yeah. I don't from know me? Yeah. I don't know if there's anything you can do about that. I don't know. Maybe I'll turn it down a little. Okay. Uh, the Mustard Tiger over on the cast channel says uh, he or she watched Eurovision on Netflix. Has anybody watched the Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams Eurovision movie on Netflix? It's been out. I know, it, looked, it looked interesting, though. It looked uh, it looked stupid to me, but stupid in a Will Ferrell way. You know what I mean? Well, like yeah, a, like yeah, a Blades yeah, of yeah. Glory kind of way. What you mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope it is because if it's not, man, if it's like Sherlock Holmes, you know. <laughs> and yeah. you know me, I try to love everything, but fuck, man, that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the mustard tiger says uh, six out of ten is what he or she gave it. So. That that feels I, about uh, right for a Will Ferrell movie. So yeah, yeah. Bar- I hadn't even heard of it. So you haven't heard of uh, Eurovision? Uh-uh. Uh oh. Oh yeah, you'll have to check it out. Eurovision is a annual like awards competition thing for like songwriting and performing. It's a big thing over in you know Europe. Clearly, um, in the Euro, <laughs> in in the Europe's. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a kind of a parody not a parody so much as you know kind of making fun of that whole thing because they get some pretty absurd stuff like the mainland of europe absolutely fucking loves it and like the british folks like can't stand it but they all watch it anyway just to make fun of it so uh, <laughs> so yeah it, it looks like I said, it looks like a will ferrell movie like you you know he's six out of ten doesn't surprise me at all without even right. knowing the rest of the mustard tigers uh taste preferences six out of ten is just kind of like one of those things where you're like mm, yeah that feels about right so <laughs> anything else curtis since you didn't watch hamilton or the princess bride this week what did you do um i did show um kirsten's been into wanting to watch films that were filmed in new orleans because she's thinking about visiting there and seeing what like the film scene is when everything kind of opens back up. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself to show her uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> okay. The Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. The crazy Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what she thought of it. Um, that's that's kind of where it's at. I, I think I love that movie, but she left kind of dazed. I can, I can see that. What other movies have you guys, have you watched any others or do you have a list started of movies to watch? Me? Yeah. Featuring. Uh, I mean, I just, whatever I think is interesting, I guess I just don't have anything on my mind right now. That's what I was wondering if you guys had like a, a list started a playlist or anything like that that you're working through. Um, just We did a, I did show her deja vu too, because of that, which I had already watched with Brad. But, um, yeah, there's some other stuff that she mentioned, but I'm not sure what they were because I've been working all day and my brain's kind of fried. Because uh, you didn't care. You weren't interested well, in that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I showed you the one, you know, the, one, the main one I want you to watch. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's kind of what I was like, getting around. In a roundabout way, that's where I was headed was, are you just showing her those shitty movies from New Orleans? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I like both of those movies. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> There's no accounting That's for right. taste. We, we still love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we know what? we still we still love you. So he says. Oh, oh, it's all right. Well, we know you all have watched, read, listened to, 
I was going to say attended, but nobody's really gone out of their houses, uh, played, done different things. Let us know what you thought about the entertainment that you've taken in this past week or so. Give us a recorded message with your one minute review on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We would love to include your recorded message in a future episode. Let us know what you think about whatever it is that you're doing. Just whenever you're in the middle of it, you're playing a game. You're like, fuck, I just beat last of us too i'm gonna get on the phone and call pop goes the culture and tell them what i thought about it or or hey i just watched you know whatever shitty new orleans movie that curtis made me sit through if you're listening (laughs) kirsten uh i'm gonna call pop goes the culture and tell them what i really thought about this movie just saying (laughs) here just just call us and then we'll tell him yeah exactly We'll, just leave, we'll leave names out of it. We'll even, you know, do one of those like dateline things where we'll, you know, make it sound like it's not you. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like Curtis was going to come in with some beers and chicken Alfredo. Oh, no, 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 not the, not not a date night. Dateline, <laughs> two different things. Oh, I Beer and Alfredo and condoms. Alfredo and Sprite. <laughs> yeah, Sprite. There you go. Here are some of the stories that we have been watching this past week. First up, sad news. Although when somebody gets to 91, I don't know how sad it is or if it's more of a woohoo, you did it. Uh, but famed Italian composer Ennio Marcone has passed away at the age of 91. Of course, he's scored more than 500 films, probably most well-known for the seven that he did for Sergio Leone back when uh, they were doing the spaghetti westerns. Um, of course, the two met as kids in elementary school, you know, grew up together, uh, became a huge influence in at the box office, in movies, uh, as far as composers and scores. Uh, he won an Oscar for his work with Quentin Tarantino on The Hateful Eight back in 2015. Uh, nominated, yeah, nominated multiple times over the de- over the past few decades. Uh, Days of Heaven back in 78 was his first nominee uh, nomination. Uh, the Mission in 86, The Untouchables in 87, Bugsy in 91, Molina in 2000. I mean, every every decade he was nominated for an Oscar for the past whatever that is four or five decades. Um, known as the maestro in Hollywood. He received an honorary Oscar in 2007, which was presented by Clint Eastwood, of course, uh, for his magnificent and multifaceted contributions to the art of film music. Does anyone have thoughts? Anybody have a favorite uh, score or anything Um, to add to the the discussion? I, the, the ones that I know of his, I've always enjoyed, um, I like the good, bad, and the ugly, but right. I that's that's the one everybody goes to first. That's the one everyone goes yeah. to. Uh, for a few yeah. dollars more, is probably my favorite uh, theme mm-hmm. out of all of those. Um, I like I love the Hateful Eight score that he did, and some of that because he didn't have a lot of time to do a, a full score. Some of the score in there was unused right. score from um, the Thing, which mm-hmm. I just got on vinyl recently, and it's. That's a that's a pretty good score as well. I mean, he's, you know, when you listen to his westerns and then you listen to the thing, and it's like, wow, this guy actually has a range. He doesn't just do the spaghetti western right. shtick. You know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think the yeah. the one I think I go to first is the Untouchables, and I think it just maybe because that's you know, yeah. I was of the age yeah. when it was out, and it was a big flick, and there's. 
something about the way he used harm, uh, the harmonica in uh, um, the theme for the Untouchables movie, and and also in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, that I've always stuck out to me. I've really liked both of those scores. Yeah. And I actually, when I heard, read the the news that he had passed, I've got a Blu-ray of the Danish National Symphony of all symphonies playing a concert in tribute to like movie um, composers and like half of the concerts in Yomarikoni music. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt and, it. <laughs> and I listened like the first time I saw that, uh, I saw clips of it on YouTube and they did the uh, for a few dollars more theme on there. And I'd never realized just how bizarre the instrumentation in that use and some of his music and compositions were like instruments I'd never seen before are being employed <laughs> and it's really quite interesting to see that. Yeah. The sound of the American West minus the Mormons. Thanks, Mustard Tiger, for that for that <laughs> comment. <laughs> oh, again, social commentary is the, the call for tonight. Uh, let's see, moving on before we get ourselves in trouble with another group. We're, we're already kicked out of Canada. They already can't listen to the podcast in Canada. We don't want... What like, are they going to do? Kick us out of Utah? That's because they don't want Utah to like boycott us. So <laughs> we're going to keep moving. Keep the, mo- keep the show moving. Uh, Warner Brothers is reportedly working on the development of a new Constantine movie with producer J.J. Abrams, because why the fuck not, Um, which will be released on HBO Max. Murphy's Multiverse is the the name of this website that got the scoop, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, reports that this is part of a move by Warner Brothers in D.C. to build a Justice League Dark team-up movie. Um, by taking an Avengers-style approach this time, doing solo films first, like Constantine or the new Zatanna movie. Um, that's oh, so been what rumored. they didn't do? Yeah, what they didn't do the first time, yeah. Uh, okay. No confirmation yet on whether this new Constantine would be an entirely new vision of the character or a either a continuation or a soft reboot of the film series that starred Keanu Reeves though there are reported inferences. So again, we've got a rumor that's reporting inferences. So again, grain of salt um, that Keanu Reeves could be the goal that Warner brothers has out there. They would like to get Keanu back for a new Constantine movie is what this uh, Murphy's multiverse is trying to tell us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With everything else Keanu has available to him, I don't know that doing another Constantine is like, really oh. high on his list. Yeah. Unless it like think- unless it gets something else made if it's one of those deals where he's like, "Sure, I'll do your Constantine movie if if we do another Bill and Ted." Or, oh wait, or something. Yeah. That's not Warner Brothers anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that lately folks have kind of come back to the Constantine movie and been like, "Well, it's not as bad as, you know, it got a lot of shit early on." Well, I, I tried to sit through it again, and it's still pretty pretty bad, really. I mean, it's not that good of a movie. It's got some crazy things going on, but the craziness can't save kind of a shitty script, I think. But. Right. Yeah, it, it was watchable. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, the some of the stuff made it watchable, but it was certainly not something where you're like, oh, shit, let's get another one of those 30 years from now. Or whatever yeah, it's been. There's far better Constantine stuff going on with the CW. So yeah. Speaking of the CW, Star Girl has been renewed for season two, 
and will move exclusively to the CW with new episodes on the CW streaming app the day after airing. Full season will be streaming on HBO Max after the season's over. Nowhere in there is there any room for DC Universe at all, so they are getting Stargirl Season 2 completely away from the DC Universe streaming service. Mm, again, it feels kind of like the uh, nail in the coffin here. We, right. keep, we keep saying that. <laughs> they, they keep it going, but if you keep pulling all your content off, then you don't actually have a streaming service. You just got a an app that you can read comics on, but there's no like, <laughs> there's no new shows or anything or movies or, I mean, we've got, yeah. we've got uh doom patrol over on HBO max. Like the only thing they really have, I mean, Harley Quinn is showing on sci-fi in a, you know, it's, it's running behind. Um, but really the only thing they have left over there is Titans, right? Do people still watch that? Titans? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that any people ever did watch it. This is the problem. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one was a hard one to get through, too. Yeah. But I like Doom Patrol. Did you see the name I see last week's Doom Patrol? I haven't seen that one yet. Um, I'm I'm not completely caught up just because I've had because <laughs> I've had Hamilton on repeat in the yeah. background 24 seven came out. Not but necessarily by my choice, <laughs> but we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, the new Doom Patrol's well, the, not the new one that people will be the last week's. Man, it's, you're in for a ride. It's is, crazy shit. Is that the one with the sex patrol or the sex men? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah sex patrol. That's the porn version. Sex patrol. That's the name of the episode, I think, is sex patrol. Because every I episode. Have, I think hers is sold on the idea now. Going, this, yeah. is, this can't be right. This is okay. Yeah. All right. It's just, I mean, it's it's freaky, it's dirty, it's it's weird. <laughs> After uh, last season where uh, Flex Mentallo like, flexed the wrong muscle and they all orgasmed on the, in the middle of the street, I, I don't know if you can get much, <laughs> I don't know if you can go much anywhere different from that. Oh, that, was, oh, that, that makes an appearance back in this episode. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, it is something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get caught up. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, while we're still kind of on the DC Warner Brothers stuff, following the death of filmmaker Joel Schumacher last month, uh, I don't know any, I, I think we probably got fans of Fat Man Beyond and those types of podcasts. Uh, Mark Bernardin ignited buzz on social media after tweeting about the potential existence of a 170 minute director's cut of Joel Schumacher's 1995 comic book movie, Batman Forever. Uh, Variety has actually even picked it up uh, the story and ran with a little bit. According to Variety, um, quote, the version opens with a sequence involving the villain Two-Face escaping from Arkham Asylum and features extended scenes with the Riddler when he invades the Batcave and uses his cane as a weapon. The bulk of the extra stuff, the version's runtime, focuses on the emotional and psychological issues that led Bruce Wayne to decide to become Batman, including a sequence of Bruce Wayne facing down a giant human sized bat, which we, we got a little bit of that anyway, didn't we? Wasn't there like, like, he would have visions of it. Right. But not, I guess. Yeah. We didn't get like the full on like man bat battle or anything. Yeah. The, sequences that show how he, are there any sequences that show how he went from looking like Billy D. Williams to Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they cut those on the, those are on the floor as well. Those got cut all together. 
the the version of Batman Forever that ran in theaters in 1995 was 130 minutes, roughly. So an extra 40 minutes of stuff. And again, that's another film that, for whatever reason, after Joel Schumacher passed, people were coming back to it like, well, you know, this wasn't as bad as. No, it's still a bad movie too. Just because people die doesn't mean you have to go back and be like, well, maybe we should. We were too hard on this movie. No, it's not. If it's, if it's, if it's bad a bad movie, it's Batman bad. and Robin, but it's right. It's, there's there's not much that is as bad as Batman and Robin. I was say that's pretty lar- uh, low bar. So. <laughs> Uh, also this week, more sad news. Fiddler Charlie Daniels died at 83 years old. He was, of course, a member of Country Music Hall of Fame and a member of the Grand Ole Opry, probably best known for his song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Well, now Charlie Daniels is down there with him. I don't know. I can't think of any way to transition out of that. Oh, I uh, was driving on Battlefield oh. today, and they had a uh, one of those electronic billboards and it had his picture on there and it said, you won your bet. Rest in peace. <laughs> I, <was> like, okay. <laughs> I hope he really run, won his bet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There, there, it feels like there's a lot of like gallows humor that could be made there, but I don't know. I don't know that we want to <laughs> do that. And, right. Uh, although <laughs> over on the cast, <laughs> you know, no, just kidding. There's some, there's, the majority of the last of his life, he pretty much wasn't he real religious and he wouldn't cuss in his songs and stuff like that. Oh, I don't know. I hadn't, I'd never seen him live, but I know for a while there, he was making the tour, making the rounds, hitting all the, all the places that would have him for a while, uh, you know, in the and last the, five years or so. Hitting all yeah. the places, all the bars, all the women. Yeah. All the like midnight rodeo type places and stuff. <laughs> Uh, during an appearance on the Light the Fuse podcast, Disney music executive Mitchell Lieb opened up about the future of the Tron franchise, having overseen the production of Daft Punk's work on Tron Legacy. Uh, not only has he been talking with the musical duo about a sequel, but he also confirmed that there was already actually a script that Disney really likes. And now with Disney Plus, of course, chugging along, Tron 3 may actually happen uh he went on to say that one of the most important pieces to the puzzle would be getting daft punk on board for another tron movie which is something that apparently the group is open to doing um disney also seems hopeful that tron legacy director uh joseph kaczynski would return to helm a third movie um is is anybody looking for a third tron movie or i've been looking for a third one for years but at this point it's like if they're gonna catch jared leto i don't know that's the rumor that jared leto seems to be in the running for a a villain role um yeah yeah i'm still trying to figure out how to give tron 2 back (laughs) no shit (laughs) i like tron 2 shame on you it was like one of the better theaters I or better movies I saw in theaters when it came out, like 3D wise. And I don't know, it always stuck with me. And that Daft Punk soundtrack is way better than it should be. Oh yeah, no, they put all the money into the into Daft Punk and none into a script, um, right? Which is like weird because it's a Tron legacy, though. What was that? It is kind of lacking in the story, but yeah, right. Because oh, I was crap. saying I like the overall look. Yeah, it has a nice aesthetic to it. It's just, it's just that you know, like the original Tron looked like shit. I mean, I'm sure it was cutting edge then, but <laughs> it, it looks like ass. But they had a strong idea, a strong premise behind it. Tron Two is like the absolute 
inversion of it. It's like, oh, this looks slick. This looks really cool. But there is no, there's, it's not saying or doing anything. It's just, it's just there. It's just look at this pretty stuff and here's some more music um, for like two hours. Yeah. It's good to get high too, I guess. I would probably so. I would imagine so. <laughs> Uh, this year's Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia has been canceled, surprising nobody. What? <laughs> the move comes as a result of, of course, the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. They are. Oh, it's the coronavirus? Yeah, time? apparently that's what the problem is this time. Yeah. Uh, okay. They are, like many, going to do a virtual event um, instead of the annual Labor Day weekend in person convention. That is, let me think now. So that's September, the first weekend of September. No, that's still not the furthest con out that I've heard of that's been canceled. So I, it just feels like at this point, why doesn't everybody just go ahead and cancel everything? But there are actually a few cons, it looks like, this later on this month that have not canceled yet. So if that stays, we'll be talking about those in the next couple of weeks because that's a big risk to take right now as cases are surging across the country. But yeah yeah uh next oh well, hey we've got a new batwoman uh and i'll probably butcher yeah, her, her name and i'll i apologize if i butcher her name but uh javicia leslie it looks like here is stepping into the cape and cow taking over the title role of batwoman for ruby rose um again as we've talked about this is a new character not connected in any way to ruby rose's character kate kane in any way, shape or form. Uh, it's the first black actress, first black character or first black person to put on the Batwoman, you know, the costume. There's not been a black Batwoman in the comics. Um, so well, here we go. We're again, the CW always known for, you know, diverse em- embracing the diversity. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, anybody here, a fan of ready player one, either the novel or the movie. It was kind of funny. Uh, I was gonna say, did I did I lose everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, is he gonna talk about Ready Player One? God damn it! <laughs> well, I mean, I'm waiting for Curtis to you know go crazy on it, but I mean, I watched too. it. It wasn't you know, it's not my favorite Spielberg movie, right? It, it wasn't bad it. though. Uh, well, the, apparently, we are getting a sequel novel. Um, Ready Player One, of course, was a novel that came out in 2011. Uh, this November, November 24th, just in time for the holidays, Ready Player Two is going to be available. The novel, uh, a direct sequel of Ready Player One. I'm sure somebody will. It's probably already been optioned as a film, if I had to guess. Yeah. But Ernest needs more hooker money. <laughs> Apparently so. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it, what was it? Dusty called it the VR hooker movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of fun yeah, uh, we got a trailer for the Umbrella Academy season two earlier this week on social media, uh, which was followed, of course, by the whoever runs the Doom Patrol social media account offering the following response: "Quote, congrats! Here's your annual reminder that we were here first. So <laughs> poking fun, having a good time." Uh, but yeah, Doom Patrol, not Doom Patrol, Umbrella Academy uh, season two looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Has anybody I'm watched it? Has anybody, yeah, anybody seen the trailer? Anybody looking forward to it? I am. Good, we'll yeah, watch it. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you and I, you and I will watch it. <laughs> damn right, I love it. I went back and watched the whole season again. Like, uh, was the last? I think it's last month or month before. So. 
Yeah. I'm looking as soon as I heard that season two was going to be this month. I was like, hell yeah, I want to watch it again. Get reminded of everything. Yeah. We did that too. Once they announced the date for two, we went back and watched the first one with the family. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, there's some bad news. Uh, Netflix also announced that it's canceling Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. The final eight, oh, no. the final yeah, eight episodes that. will be released later in 2020. They've not set a date yet. My guess probably be in October. Uh, just a few days before that announcement, the CW canceled Katie Keene, which leaves Riverdale as the only Archieverse series left on television. And I don't know anybody that's watching that show, so... I would much rather watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina than uh, Riverdale at this point. But Yeah, Sabrina's awesome. I hate to see that go. Yeah. Of course, people are, you know, signing the petitions online and all that, which I guess every once in a while that does pan out. And with the whole, you know, Justice League thing, I guess people are even more enthusiastic that somebody's going to listen and, you know, uncancel the show. But I think it's a long shot at this point. Yeah, well. If that's the reason, if petitions are the reason, then whoever signed it can go fuck themselves because I like that show. No, no, they're petitions to save the show. Oh, well, in that case, I love all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> fuck you anyway, but uh, over the break, over the whole shutdown, which a lot of Hollywood still shut down, uh, Zendaya and John David Washington filmed a movie during the pandemic. Uh, over on HBO Euphoria, uh, the series that Zendaya stars in, uh, season two production was halted on March 16th. At some point during the whole everybody shut, shut down, everything staying at home, Zendaya reached out to Euphoria's creator, Sam Levinson, about writing and directing a film that they could figure out a way to shoot during the downtime since everybody was sitting around bored and looking for something to do. So Levinson wrote a script, took him six days to write a script. They got a production cast and crew together they quarantined everybody together for 14 days nobody was sick nobody showed up sick but you know after 14 days everybody was still healthy so they actually shot a movie uh, starting on june 17th going through july the 2nd and basically it was all hands on deck if you were a part of the cast or crew you were pitching in and doing whatever needed to be done at the time um, they had some, they had producers that were, you know, acting as craft services, um, script supervisors. They had, you know, producers holding lighting rigs at some points, you know. Um, so <laughs> Le- Levinson, Washington, Zendaya, they all financed the film. They paid for it themselves. Uh, it's in post production now. No word on distribution, but it, I'm sure once the festival circuit cranks back up, then they'll probably be shopping it out on that. So kind of interesting that, yeah, they decided we want to do this. There's a safe way to do it. Let's just get everybody together, pay people to sit here for two weeks, make sure everybody's healthy, and then go make our movie. That's uh, that's you don't see a lot of people doing that, putting that kind of uh, money and resources into something. Uh, you know that, that there's no guarantee that they're going to make that money back. So it's kind of kind of interesting. No idea Zendaya had that doing. kind of power. Apparently, yeah, she's 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 wielding the power in Hollywood just- now around board it's like fuck it let's make a movie and everyone just jumps on board (laughs) she's like shit i'm gonna pay you to sit here for two weeks i want to pay you to sit here and then once we're all clear you're gonna work your asses off i don't care what your title is if i want a bagel you're getting me a bagel you're a producer serve me some fucking food you're gonna squeeze the lemons (laughs) you're gonna do this shit hey i I need my ass wiped right now 
<laughs> that was just Curtis. I was going to say, does that have anything to do with the story, or is that just a... Yeah, that's just Curtis in the bathroom right now. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, Don't know we needed to know that, Curtis. <laughs> the housekeeper walked in, looked at me dead in the eyes, and I was, and I told him straight up, I need my ass wiped. Then he left. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like housekeeper, he means old roommate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually at work right now, so. Ah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's the yeah, custodial staff at work. Well, that's even better. <laughs> the great, the good news is Curtis is going to have a lot of time next week to do podcasts because he will be canned. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving into some video game stuff. World of Warcraft's next, their eighth expansion, Shadowlands, goes into beta testing next week with an updated release window of fall of 2020. So if anybody's still playing World of Warcraft, there's something to, to get excited about. Sony has invested $250 million in Fortnite developer Epic Games which sounds like a shitload of money, especially when you're talking video games, um, until you realize that Epic Games is valued at $17 billion with a B. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I mean, good for them. They're making money from you know everybody, the big guys, Sony. Um, but yeah, $17 billion is what they're worth for making that fucking Fortnite game that every, all these kids seem to play. Well, we we got in the wrong business, didn't we? Well, everything I see, everybody rips on it. It's like, no one plays that anymore, blah, blah, blah. Well, clearly, there's a lot of people playing it. So Yeah, it's just that trajectory that shit takes where it's like, this is cool. Nobody knows about it. Now everybody knows about it, so it's not cool anymore. You know, it's that whole that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Movie news. Some, uh, some horror movie news. Candyman has been pushed back. From September 25th to October 16th, which is a heck of a time to release a horror movie. Unfortunately, Halloween Kills was in that spot. That movie has been dropped back to October of 2021, pushing Halloween Ends, the third part of the trilogy, into 2022. So the Halloween movies get slid back a year, and Candyman fills into the that mid-October spot because... Um, we don't know that there are going to be theaters open before then, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah. A new Candyman movie. It's That seems like another movie that no one's asking for. That's the world we live in. That's another That's another movie where people go back and watch it now, and they're like, well, that wasn't as bad. It's like, well, no. No, it was no. pretty bad. <laughs> just, just, leave it, just, leave it on, just leave it be. You don't have to redo that. And nope. we talked about this, I think, last week, week before. Ryan Gosling is apparently making a, wolf, a Wolfman movie for Universal. Well, the studio has found a director for Ryan Gosling's The Wolfman movie. And it is The Invisible Man's Lee Wanell. The guy that just made The Invisible Man for Universal and Blumhouse is now making a Wolfman movie for Universal and Blumhouse. Kind of makes you wonder if they're not trying to on the down low kickstart some kind of a connected universal horror movie universe after all. Well, well good for are. them. Yeah. And if they are, I hope they do a good, I mean, Wolfman's always been like my favorite ever since I was a little kid. So anything that comes out <laughs> with the Wolfman in it, I'm, I get excited for. So, well, here's the thing do. though. Like when you think Wolfman, most relate to, 
Okay. You guys are talking over each other. I didn't catch any of that. What were you saying, Curtis? I said, well, when you think of the Wolfman, you usually think of like someone a little more burly. I mean, when you see Ryan Gosling, it's like, that's not Wolfman. That's Chihuahua Man. Well, I know you're trying oh. to go for a joke there, but I think you could see Ryan Gosling as Wolfman. I could see that. Can you? I can. Well, if not, if he transforms, it'll just be some other big dude in a wolf costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of like they don't have to put, you know, they don't have to have a gigantic bodybuilder as Bruce Banner to, you know, to be the Hulk. So, yeah. same concept. It'll Brad, probably be CGI, anyways. Yeah, oh yeah. Brad, what were you saying? I don't even remember. <laughs> All right. <fair laughs> <enough>. <laughs> Jeez, man, it took like 30 seconds ago. Are you all right? <laughs> uh, over, over on the cast channel, the Mustard Tiger says, uh, my girlfriend always takes long baths after we finish watching a Ryan Gosling movie. I don't know what she's doing in there, but it gives me lots of time to fantasize about Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. <laughs> This person's becoming my new favorite <laughs> cast member. Oh, don't tell Tara that. We'll, we'll strike that from the uh, from the published podcast. She, uh, no, she's, she's like the she's like the cast goddess. She's a different level. Okay, she's yeah, too okay. drunk to remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, finally, Curtis, this is why she doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finally, we're going to bring things down a little bit. Uh, this is still a developing story. Uh, but Glee star Naya Rivera has been reported missing and is presumed dead during a boating trip with her four-year-old son on Wednesday. Apparently, the two rented a boat at Lake Piru in Ventura County, California, about one o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the boy was found floating alone asleep in the boat, a pontoon boat, by sheriff's deputies just before 5 p.m. The boy told deputies that they were swimming. His mom jumped in the water and never resurfaced. Uh, her life jacket was still on the boat. He had his on. As of this recording, they have called off the search and rescue for today. And this is where we recorded on Thursday. So they searched on Wednesday, searched on Thursday, still haven't found a body yet, but they are presuming that she did not make it, which is, it's not just sad, but it's like, man, didn't we just have a story like this uh, with a WWE superstar that was swimming with his five-year-old yeah. son and he like got washed out, got caught in the undertow and pulled out. And it's like, man, there's some, there's some, we need some stronger swimmers or some shit. I don't know, but it seems like we're getting yeah. a lot of kids abandoned in the water by parents that uh, are drowning. It's it's sad and it's kind of weird to have two stories so close together like that. Yeah, I literally just heard about this an hour ago. And I yeah. was like, what? She was like my favorite person on Glee. I, her voice was amazing. So it's sad. Yeah. Every week, we ask you to tell us what you think are the top stories. Uh, this week, Caleb Smothers on Facebook sent us this. Uh, he sent the whole story. I just I kind of cut parts of it because we didn't need the whole story on this. But uh, J.K. <laughs> Rowling has joined about 150 other people, authors and academics, in denouncing the so-called cancel culture, which refers to the online shaming of individuals who have said or done something that angry social media users consider to be offensive or objectionable in some way. Um, the world famous Harry Potter author uh, signed an open letter warning of an intolerant climate for free speech. The letter was pu published by Harper's magazine on Tuesday. 
Other people who signed the letter include Russian chess grandmaster Gary Kasparov, which I don't know what he's been saying, but apparently he felt strongly enough to somebody get off his dick because he need, felt like he needed to sign the letter. Uh, novelist Salman Rushdie, cognitive scientist Noam Chomsky, among others. The fact that J.K. Rowling's name is on the le- the signed letter isn't that surprising. The British writer has recently been attacked on social media for making comments that offend uh, the transgender community and their allies. Um, so we read the story, Caleb. I'm sure what you're asking for is what do we think about this? So does anybody want to anybody want to open this can of worms? <laughs> I don't really get <laughs> Well, the way I look at it is if you're, I'd, I'd say this to everybody on Facebook that starts complaining about stuff. It's like, if you put something out there to the public, you're going to get responses to it. Right. So if it, yes, you know, freedom of speech is totally there, but you, that's a two way street. You don't get freedom of speech and be able to tell everybody to keep their opinions to themselves. So don't put something out there. Maybe that you don't want comments on just a thought. Okay, that's fair. Anybody else? Brad doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I, don't really I mean, shit. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really read what some of the shit she said, so I have no frame of reference. Right. Like, I know she's been saying shit. Right. And it's just like, look, if you're getting in trouble, stop saying shit. I I have my own opinions on cancel culture. Like, well, let's hear them. I truly believe. I truly believe there are some people that just do not need to be in the spotlight for various reasons, <laughs> but then there's people out I can think there of some that, names, but we won't mention them here. Go ahead. Right. Right. And but there are people that are like comedians that tell a joke and suddenly everyone wants them fucking canceled. I don't agree with that one, one bit at all. That's, that's just my opinion on it. Okay. So I feel like there's it with anything that's done with good intention, there's always, a negative to it. That's just how I feel about it. All right. Dustin, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I'm not sure what to think, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I'm with, I'm with everybody else on it. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if it's like me saying something, no one knows me, you know, just close friends or whatever. So if somebody doesn't like what I say, they can go fuck themselves and I'll tell them that. Cause I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, but, like that uh, one bitch. Uh, yeah, like that <laughs> hey, Curtis played the one bitch card. Right. Yeah. I don't think he played but, it last uh, week. I he played hasn't it played it in a while. Yeah, it's been like a month. He's been trying to hold back. <laughs> I guess so. But he gave you know, the, the one bitch card more impact here. He's, <laughs> but, you if, know, you, if you only play it once a month, it's like it has more has more value when you do play it. I guess. Go ahead, go ahead, Kitty. <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying, you know, for me, it doesn't matter. But like, say I owned something that was worth millions of millions of dollars, you know, some kind of a franchise or something, I would probably just not put my opinion out there. Just if you come to my parties or you're a friend of mine, you know what I think. And that's good. But if it's going to affect you, your bottom line in your business, maybe be smart and don't say something stupid. Yeah. So, uh, Hawk, Hawk's joined us. Hey, Hawk. He's muted right now, but there he is. 
Did I hear something about Kenny owning millions and millions of dollars? <laughs> you, you came in at the right time. I didn't time. get that memo. Oh, I didn't tell you, but yeah, we've taken uh, Pop Goes the Culture public, and uh, yeah, our IPO is just skyrocketed today. So, no. Does that mean that guy's got being nice to him? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, okay. it, mean, it means you got to start being nice to him. Is what it means. <laughs> <laughs> And just remember, whatever happens is a two-way screen. So. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. Hey, so uh, just to kind of catch Hawk up, because he's able to just join us. Uh, so this week, uh, when we asked folks to send us the top story for the week, the, the story sent to us was about um, this letter that was signed by J.K. Rowling, among others, um, denouncing cancel culture and how it's intolerant and you know people have free speech and all that. So everybody's just kind of throwing in their opinions on the whole cancel culture thing and so you're here and you you you're coming in hot you've got no time to think about this give us kind of your thoughts either on jk rowling specifically and the stuff that's going on or about this whole cancel culture in general i have zero opinion i've had um um and here's why and this is going to be another opinion <laughs> our world is on fire right the last thing i care about um, <laughs> Is what J.K. Rowling has got to say. <laughs> exactly. So we got people getting sick in the hundreds of thousands. Yep. The last report I heard was that there was 14,000 new cases of corona every day. Yeah. The last thing I care about is what J.K. Rowling <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with this whole thing as well. Look, you know, if you're going to say something on social media, you're going to have some people that are going to support you, and you're going to have some people that are going to be opposed to you. And some people who are opposed to you are going to decide I'm not going to spend my money at that location or support this person's work or whatever. That's just part of the fucking deal. It's happened before. Yeah. We just didn't have a name for it's it. We didn't call it cancel time. culture. We didn't we didn't have social media, but that's how shit it's always been that way. And honestly, no none of the people that signed this letter worried about cancel culture are in any danger. I mean, they they've already made their money. I mean, so it's like nobody's coming like, "Okay, well I'm going to need those millions of dollars back." Thanks, you know. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, with everything else that's going on in the world right now, you've got to sign a letter about, I don't like it when people call me out for the stupid shit I say. <laughs> I mean, my parents have been doing that for years. <laughs> we used to call that parenting. When they slap you upside the back of the right. head and say, don't right. say that. It's oh, just, that's it's, the case. Doyle never start, never talk again. Exactly. So it's just, it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> that, yeah, if some people are going to decide they don't like something that somebody says or does, and they don't want to support that person anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the thing All is, right, like, fine. I listen to a lot of people, like, a lot of podcasts, a lot of YouTube channels, and sometimes they say shit that I don't like, but, uh, you know, I just, yeah, I'm not going to go, like, fuck you, I'm not going to watch you anymore. I still watch them. Yeah, but even just, if you, you did, know. even if you did say, fuck you, I'm not going to watch anymore, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> so, public about it, yeah, he's going to not watch it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Or even if you were public about it, you're like, fuck these guys, I'm not watching anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're still, yeah. We still get back to, matter. okay. It doesn't <laughs> yes. matter. Yeah, we still get back to that okay with a question mark at the end of it. Okay. Right. I mean, well, they're still going to get people listening and fans of their work and stuff that don't know anything about what they said. And that that train will just keep on chugging along, making them money. Yeah. I mean, we've got people in Canada that don't listen anymore because of what Kenny said. I mean, 
Okay, so Canada boycotts our show. That's fine. Whatever. And you, we, 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 we got the, we got the Mormons in Utah that are getting ready to quit listening. So I mean, thanks to the mustard tiger. <laughs> Exactly. Fuck Canada and fuck Utah. I said, I don't care. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Shame on Canada. <laughs> and and in other news, finally, uh, a po- this is the one that's being uh, all over the the social media and all over the news this week. Uh, a police chase in Oregon ended when a driver fleeing authorities in a stolen car crashed into a woman driving in another stolen car. They didn't know each other before. Oh. Either of them a Prius. No, none of them. Let me go check what my car is. <laughs> no, this is not right now. This happened a while back. Uh, the debacle took place on Monday, actually, when well, police. Wait, wait, we didn't. We didn't establish. Was it one of the cars, Hawks car? <laughs> no, no. Right? It was on Monday. <laughs> okay. So if you still got your car, no, you're good. You're you're in the clear on this story. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It took place on Monday when police were responding to the report of a t- stolen Toyota Land Cruiser driving through downtown Newburgh, according to the Newburgh Dundee police. A-, a pursuit ensued and lasted for several blocks until the driver crashed into another car near an intersection. Cops identified the driver of the first car as Randy Lee Cooper of Portland, which is about as redneck sounding of a name as you can get in Portland, Oregon. After taking <laughs> Cooper. After taking Cooper well, like into think, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I like to think they're just like you know Randy Cooper or whatever, and he's like, uh, Lee <laughs> yeah. Cooper. Don't don't leave the Lee off. Yeah. <laughs> After taking Cooper into custody, uh, the police realized the second car was also reported stolen in an unrelated crime three weeks prior. Uh, the driver of that car, Kristen Nicole Begu. I'm guessing is how you say her name was also found to be under the influence. Cooper was charged with unauthorized use of a motor vehicle, attempting to elude police assault and reckless driving. Where'd the assault come from? Is the assault charged from running into another car? Or did he like throw a punch? He probably threw a punch or two. Oh, you know, there was punches thrown. <laughs> that or he flicked his cigarette at a cop and that was a, yeah, because yeah, so. they weren't going to put his middle name in the, the report. <laughs> That's what it was. You're not putting Lee in there? Oh, well, fuck you. I'm coming over this desk. Yeah. <laughs> and now we add assault and your middle name. <laughs> fuck you, Randy Lee Cooper. Well, let us know uh, what you think. Fun. Let us know what you think of the top stories each and every week. If we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoestheculture.com. Last week's pop quiz. Here are the results. First of all, the question. Uh, with Marvel announcing last week that it has bought back the comic book rights to the Alien and Predator franchises, the comic book franchises, we asked, what movie would you remake? But you have to swap in an Alien, Xenomorph, and Predators. So uh, that was the question, and uh, here are the results. And we got some good comments on this one as well. First, the results. In fourth place, with 11% of the votes, was Starship Troopers. So I guess they thought, yeah, there's enough alien stuff going on. We don't necessarily need them in Starship Troopers. That's fair. In third place, with 22% of the votes, was the Goonies. In second place, with 28% of the votes, uh, we had Bill and Ted. 
So again, I, I assume we're <laughs> we're swapping one for Bill and one for Ted. Uh, and in first place with thirty nine percent of the votes was Thelma and Louise. I think that was mentioned as a joke, but I'll be damned if so. Everybody didn't vote for that. Thirty nine percent of the votes. That's your poll winner, your pop quiz winner for this last week. Uh, so some comments. Uh, a lot of these, all these comments came from Facebook. Um, of course, we've got friends in the Alamo, our local Alamo Drafthouse uh, Film Club group. And because this was movie-related, uh, we, we asked the question over there as well. Thanks, Curtis, for bringing those guys into the conversation. Here are no some problem. of the comments they had. Uh, Matt Hamby says, You Got Mail. He'd like to see You Got Mail uh, remade with Alien and Predator. Craig Bright says, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Which kind of feels like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Like, who would be who in that one, you know? Well, I don't know. We'd have to... I'm picturing the xenomorph in the scene on the toilet. (laughs) I'm I'm picturing, like, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world, and then it's just, like, some weird alien fucking noise. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Curtis Killingsworth on Facebook group, uh, the Facebook Alamo group, says, Showgirls. Oh God! <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even. I'm not sure how that worked, but all right. Why not? You've never we, seen we, the Alien Queen quite like. I was gonna that. say we have an Alien Queen, so maybe they'll uh, recreate the pool fucking scene. I don't know. That'd be something. Oh my God! <laughs> Which, I was they they got to keep Kyle and that. Yeah, you just turn into species at that point. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Lisa Lisa Meeks in the same Facebook group says she voted for the Goonies, and we got her vote counted. Um, but she also said. I would love to do Annie just to see a xenomorph singing "It's a Hard Knock Life." I'd, I'd, I'd watch that. That feels a little uh, space ballsy, though, where you had the the, the chest burster come out. Uh. <laughs> oh my baby! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Martin says the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I don't know if you want the xenomorphs and the aliens. I don't know if they would be like poo characters in the hundred acre woods, or if they would like be hunting one another through the hundred acre woods. And then like the poo characters would be like the humans that always get involved. Um, right. Either way, I'm on board. Yeah. Either way. It sounds good. Oh, <laughs> And finally, <laughs> Craig bright in the same Facebook group says, uh, 50 shades of gray. Which prompted uh, Curtis to get uh, creative in Photoshop. So, Curtis, tell us a little bit about you took Fifty Shades of Grey. You didn't directly use that comment, but you used it as inspiration to kind of do your own thing. Tell us what you did. I I saw the comment. It made me laugh out loud. Just the thought of those two doing things like that. But then I was like, (laughs) somebody's getting whipped. And yeah, I I really hate those movies. (laughs) So I was like, what's another movie that's sort of hypersexual, like Fifty Shades of Grey? And like the first thing that came to my mind was Last Tango in Paris. So I made a mock-up of the Last Tango in Paris poster, but I replaced Marlon Brando and I can't remember the female actress's name, but I replaced the two of them with the alien and the predator. And then, yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah. So which one, which one gets the stick of butter? Yes. Um, I think, I think, I think the the predator gets the butter. The predator yeah. gets the Brando butter. All right. Yeah. Brand, predator the Brando. predator would be the one the who do what? Take a butter and use it on someone, but <laughs> difference of opinion there. Well, whichever. Uh, thanks to everyone who voted, and for those who commented, we'll have another pop quiz for you 
this week for this week's show a little bit later on, uh, along with everywhere you can go to vote in the poll. And before we get to that, though, we're going to take a quick break because clearly I can't speak and we're going to try to get rid of the echo from Curtis there. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We are going to be right back right after this. Hello, friends. My name is Jason A. Meiske. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know and for sure several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. All right, this weekend in pop culture history, starting off on Saturday, July the 11th, July 11th, 1914, Babe Ruth made his debut in Major League Baseball with the Boston Red Sox. July 11th, 1960, To Kill a Mockingbird. No, that's not right. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper <laughs> Lee. That's a typo on my fault. Uh, was published, originally yeah. published in 1960. July- they call it a Freudian typo? <laughs> yep, uh, Freudian typo. Autocorrect, damn it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a book of just cocktail recipes. Uh, July eleventh, nineteen seventy five, Chinese archaeologists announced the uncovering of a three acre burial mound that had six thousand clay statues, the Terracotta Army, and all their yes. regalia. Dates back. To, I love that thing. Yeah, it goes all the That's way back amazing. to two twenty one to two oh six BC. Uh, yeah, the terracotta army is something. Could you imagine being the person that found that? You're like you're just digging. Like oh, maybe we'll find some shit over here. Maybe we'll find a fucking uh, a bowl somebody used or a fucking vase they kept shit in. And like all of a sudden, there's like six thousand terracotta warriors that you find. It's like oh fuck. What if see? I'm that paranoid person that would start cleaning something off, and the first thing I see is the eyeball. <laughs> and wondering if it's watching you, it keeps following you. Like, what the room. hell? <laughs> well, they had to get to a point like they've done. They uncovered so much. They're like, okay, this has literally got to be all there is. And they keep going. They're like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Vain were you? Yeah. Uh, let's see. July the twelfth, nineteen sixty-two. The Rolling Stones performed their first concert. It was at the Marquee Club in London. Uh, let's see, July the 12th, 1997, Oz premiered on HBO, the prison drama Oz. And July the, yeah, July the 12th, 2002, Monk premiered on the USA Network. Woo! My mom <laughs> loved that show. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, let's see, birthdays this Tony week. Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. Birthdays this weekend, uh, July the 11th, Saturday, fashion designer Giorgio Armani turns 86 years old. Had a lot of of fashion designers having birthdays, it seems like, in the last couple weeks. Uh, Actor Stephen Lang turns 68 years old. I could have sworn he was older than that. 
Guitarist Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi turns 61 years old. Actor Greg Grunberg turns 54 years old. And rapper Little Kim turns 45 years old. Whoa. I feel old all of a sudden. Yeah, 45 years old. Which, I did which, not think she was. I mean, I know. It, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense if you stop and actually do the mental math. It's like, oh well, I guess yeah. so. But yeah, it, it, I mean, that means we're all getting oh. old too. Uh, Sunday. Yeah, speaking of old, Sunday, July the twelfth, Richard Simmons turns seventy-two years old. Uh, there's a guy <laughs> that has completely disappeared from the spotlight in the last few years. Uh, actress, what's that? When his, I mean, his last real claim to fame was like all the times David Letterman had him on. So yeah, I think so. Probably once David Letterman they had him on, and then they ridicule him, and yeah, yeah. Uh, actress Cheryl Ladd from Charlie's Angels turns sixty nine years old. As does actor Actor Jamie Sheridan also turns sixty nine years old. Brock Lesnar turns forty three years old on Sunday. Actor Topher Grace turns 42 years old, as does actress Michelle Rodriguez. She also turns 42 years old on Sunday. And you so- take a run of her too, Hulk? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, <laughs> hell to the... Let me say it in, in a way you'd understand. Hell to the yeah. You would not kick her out of bed for eating crackers? I guess not. All right, I'd Saturday. feed her the damn crackers. <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, July the 11th is also National Blueberry Muffin Day. Would you feed her a blueberry muffin for her birthday? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, her birthday is not till Sunday, so never mind. Congratulations to everybody celebrating this weekend. You can find this day in pop culture, uh, celebrity birthdays, national days, and more every weekday, Monday through Friday at popgoestheculture.com. Be sure to check that out. So uh, the topic for tonight's discussion. Uh, so there's nothing... There's man, I've as I'm putting together the like, hey, here's what's coming out new this week, and it's like every week I'm like struggling to find some shit to put out there. I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about this month, the month of July, and I know we're into it already. It's the ninth already, tenth if you're listening on Sun on Friday. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the stuff that we're watching right now that people can catch up on. They can find it streaming or whatever. Talk about some of the things maybe that we're excited for uh, coming up later on this month. Um, and then maybe kind of close that discussion with some of the things that we are going to be doing uh, to throw some content out there for folks who are listening and following us on social media. So is there anything right now that everybody's watching or uh, is available streaming to get caught up on maybe, or, you know, stuff that's current, not necessarily like, Hey, I'm watching scrubs again, or, you know, Hey, look, I'm watching community for the third time this week or, you know, (laughs) yeah. So what's everybody kind of been watching, doing, what are some of the things that you would recommend that folks kind of get caught up on either stuff that's still going, maybe it's mid season on something or something streaming, something that people can catch up on. That's, that's fairly recent. Um, I've been kind of catching up on Better Call Saul, and that's mm-hmm. getting into its final season here pretty soon. Yeah, that's that's a show that's better than it has any right to be, coming off the heels of Breaking Bad, and it's it's a different show, but it's also very, I don't know, it's just it's it's really good. So if I, you guys I, have a chance to check it out, you should. I think because it was so much different than Breaking Bad, it had a weird time finding its footing. It felt like like there wasn't a 
big push. But yeah. But if you can just watch it for what it is, then yeah, it's 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 worth the watch. I agree with that. I think they're doing a marathon today on the AMC too. Nice. Anything else? Anybody uh, got anything else? Just a shield uh, mm-hmm. loving the last season. I mean, not loving. It's the last season. Right. We'll say loving. It's the last season. I love them, so enough for me. Uh, <laughs> watching, uh, getting caught up on the boys, of course, because that's coming out. Right. When, when is that? September. September? Then um, the uh, Umbrella Academy is August, right? No, Umbrella Academy is the end of this month. Yep. Oh, sweet, even better. Yep. Hey, get you some Umbrella Academy because, I mean, honestly, that story was a little hard to follow, but once you got into it, it was all in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took its time, but once you're there, and it's it's good to yeah. go. Despite the lack of nudity, it was still good. <laughs> this is true. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. How about you, Brad? Is there anything that you're watching or that you know is fairly current, fairly recent that you would recommend folks jumping into if they're looking for something to do to get through this next month of no movies, no concerts, no cons, no nothing? All right, I think Brad's muted. So, yeah. uh, how about how about you? How about did we you? hold on. Did we sell Brad for some stuff? Because I'm down for that. <laughs> we haven't yet, but I mean, if somebody wants to make an offer. Hell not, <laughs> Kenny. How about you? Uh, if I've got to say something current, I'm watching the first season of Hannah right. on uh, Amazon, and then uh, so I can uh, go right into season two. So, right. It's been, I mean, if you like the La, you know the Lafem Nikita kind right. of stuff, or even the you know, some of the stuff that's come out, it, it's in that, you know, type of watching if you enjoy that. So it's it's been pretty good. The story is really strong. So, and the fight scenes are really good. So it's it's pretty, it's worth the watch. Right on. It's nothing better than a good fight scene. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. So here's what I've got on my list of things that I am watching, have been watching, think that folks could and should get caught up on. Uh, I mean, has anybody else, I mean, I know we've talked about it. It's not brand new, but it's fairly recent. Uh, I will say it again. The uh, floor is lava over on Netflix is a good, um, I just need something on. I don't want to think, I just want to kind of yeah. take my mind off of it and pull it up anytime. And there it is. Floor of lot floor is lava is pretty fun. Um, yep. I would say also, holy moly. Uh, you can catch up on Hulu or watch it live on ABC. Hopefully you're not watching it live because it's on while we're recording. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Holy Moly is another one of those where it's just like, I just need something dumb, fun to uh, to just take my mind off of everything else that's going on. Uh, we've talked about it a couple of times already, but Doom Patrol, uh, you don't have to have DC Universe to watch it. If you've got HBO in one of its multiple forms, you can get uh, HBO Max. Uh, yeah, Doom Patrol season two is ongoing. It's pretty great. Um, that show. I wouldn't say that. That that show had no right whatsoever to be any good at all. And it's honestly, it's pretty great. Um, it's goofy. It's weird as shit. Show itself is awesome. Yeah. Season, I'm still holding my breath on. Well, the first season took a while too to get going, but yeah. I, th- I think we'll get there. Uh, it I will, feels like it's coming out of its stumble with this episode. Yeah. And starting to walk, right? Yeah. 
it took a minute to set up that whole the whole different scenario. So yeah, it's 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 taking time, but I think we'll be I think we're gonna be good. Uh, and then I will mention also the two hour season finale is this Sunday night on TNT or on demand. Uh, if you haven't been watching Snowpiercer, it's absolutely worth the watch. Um, Snowpiercer has been really good, better than it had any right to be because the movie's really good. And so anytime you adapt a TV series from a movie that's based on a comic, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of out there. You're, you know, it's, it's a gamble what you're going to get, but Snowpiercer has been pretty, pretty solid. And then the last Where's thing, it it's on TNT. Uh, you can catch it on their app okay. or if you have like a s- streaming, you know, if you have like a cable or satellite or whatever, you can catch it on demand and pull it up. Yeah. That's what I keep, you keep mentioning it. And I was like, I always go, Oh yeah, I'm going to go find it. And I keep forgetting where it's on at. So yeah. For the record, if you didn't, if you didn't like the movie, you will not like the TV show. We'll say that to those that don't like it. They didn't like the movie. Yeah. Isn't that you, right? Oh, I didn't. I was, I was looking for a great Chris Evans movie and I got that. That was a great Chris Evans movie. Uh, I think that was a great Chris Evans movie too. It was not even a bad Chris Evans movie. No, the the show uh, deviates pretty heavily from the movie. They 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 sold it as it was happening, like you know, like it's all part of the same thing, but it's really not at all. Like by a few episodes in, like three or four episodes in, you're like, oh, this has nothing to do with the fucking movie. Um, so storyline wise, so it's 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 pretty good. And then the last thing I'll mention because we've talked about it already a hundred times, and I, we've probably all collectively seen it about that many times as well, except for Curtis, uh, is Hamilton over on Disney Plus. If you haven't seen it, of course, before, Hamilton. If you haven't seen it yet, you're you're missing out. Oh yeah, how many times have you watched it, Joey? Well, like I said, it's just kind of on a continuous loop in my house because you know when I'm doing, <laughs> when I'm doing shit, I like to have background noise, um, whether right. it's whether it's you know playing music or just having the TV on for noise, and so we just leave it on, and so when it gets to the end of the, we just you know hit restart and just kind of leave it going in the loop the entire time. So I, it's to the point after what having it out for not quite a week yet, six five six days whatever. I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched it. I've seen it all <laughs> multiple times, so much so that it's like I can almost, you know, it's just it's just there. It's just constant going on. So, but it's right. it is worth sitting down and watching as well. We sat down and watched it first a few times, like probably three or four times, and now it's just kind of like I said, just kind of background noise. Very nice. I will say one of the things I, I noticed in this watching because uh, Fanatics and a fan broadcasted it. Uh, we did. Well, I'm afraid that we had a watch party, right, for a fanatics and fan uh, Sunday. And I gotta say, the third act is kind of weak. I noticed that before because I was so excited about it. But the third act is a lot weaker than I would like to admit from a Lin Manuel Miranda. I personally like In the Heights better than I like more than I like Hamilton. Well, what specifics in the third act? The music uh, takes a. I mean, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk I'm gonna explain this like Curtis would. I feel like he blew his load in the first act. I don't think I've ever said that in reference to a movie, have I? <laughs> I was just saying in life in general. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe not a movie, but <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, it's only but, I, mean, I, I blew my load in the first act, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 of course, I love Hamilton itself, but right. third act just, no, just, just wasn't pretty there much for me. everything, though. I mean, you know, with Wicked, with, oh, uh, gosh, what all have we seen? We've seen several of those, and it seems to be kind of that's the thing. They want to they come out strong and. Right. Yeah, everybody. I feel like the story in Wicked is a little bit stronger in the third act than. uh, And then then Hamilton was. And I don't think. In the story. First and second. You know what I'm saying? Story was solid. I loved that they told so much. Of his story. Uh, once we finished the Revolutionary War, I really didn't care no more. Really? Because that's the one I thought it started getting much better. You don't have the big, the big, you know, in a, in a, in a musical production, there, are, hey. there are a couple of songs that you hang your hat on. And one of those songs is the, the I want song, which is we get, we get, you know, my shot, we get deer. Right. You know, those are your big, I want songs. And then after that, you kind of coast through musicals. A lot of times, um, I didn't feel like there was coasting at all. I felt like every song was part of it is because of the performance. I mean, he wrote it for people who he knew what their range was. So he wrote songs that they could sing. Um, which you don't get a lot because a lot of times you're working you know, with musicals with, you know, like, oh, this is what's been handed down for the past few decades. And so we need to find right. somebody to play this part, whereas he was writing the parts with specific, you know, performers in mind. So I think that helped because everybody is hitting. Uh, it felt like throughout the entire performance, the entire production that everybody is in their comfort zone. Um, and, and I just I don't know. I thought the whole way through that it just didn't let up. I, I, pre, I really enjoyed how, you know, there are so many layers to the, uh, dialogue, the text of it. The text is, uh, you know, everything means two or three other things throughout the entire text of it. So that's, that's fun. And plus, I mean, just the sheer volume of words in this, it is by far the most, the most words in a production, any Broadway production of in history and not barely, but by like a long shot, which is what you can get away with when you're using, you know, like hip hop and rap as opposed to big, you know, soulful, long ballads and stuff. So. Well, there's what you get away when you're living on Miranda. What'd you say that again? I Uh, missed part of it. uh, Start with Hawks. Yeah. Say say it again. It's also what you can get away with when you're living on Miranda. And your play has sold out to 2025. You can do whatever the hell you want to. Honestly, his next play be Kenny walking around naked in Bebop. People will probably still pay for it because it has his name on it. Damn right they would. That's what I mean. Not they, they, wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't be able to sell tickets for the first two rows, I'll tell you that. <laughs> there'd, be a, there'd be a collision hazard if they didn't know. They called that the splash zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, people shit. like what they like. 
so those are the things that are available right now that people can get either get caught up on or check out for the first time, um, get ready for the next seasons of things, stuff like that. Uh, later on this month, though, let's talk a little bit about what is coming up. Like we said, all big movies have been moved. There's no movies releasing this month. Most major conventions have been canceled. So we're all still going to be sitting around the house watching something on the TV or streaming stuff. So here's what we do have coming up. Um, on Who hasn't when, canceled yet? What's this? There are, there, are still, there are a couple in the month of July that have not shut down, believe it or not. And not yes. big, not like San Diego big, but like cons, you're like, really? You're fucking doing that? Okay. We'll see, if they, we'll see if they actually still have their cons. But as of right now, there are still a few out there. Um, so this month, what we've got, uh, Peacock, the new streaming service from NBC Universal, launches on Wednesday. Um, nothing there to be really excited about, except I know Hawk will like this. Psych 2, Lassie Comes Home, uh, this is on Wednesday. Oh, listen, there will be a watch party on Fanatics and the Fans somehow. <laughs> Uh, let's see then it's a little bit of a dry period until we get towards right it's like there's a push towards the end of the month Uh, we've got Winona Earp season 4 on sci-fi starting on Sunday uh, July the 26th Um, there is a new animated film uh, Transformers War for Cybertron that launches on Netflix on Thursday July the 30th Um, looks uh, They've actually Netflix has actually done a pretty good job with their animated stuff, even taking uh, properties that maybe haven't turned out the best stuff in a while and uh, and putting out some good quality stuff. So that's something to watch for if you're at all a Transformers fan. That's on Thursday, the 30th. Um, and then we've talked about it on Friday, July the 31st. The Umbrella Academy season two drops on Netflix and. Yeah. Whatever it is they're doing over on Disney Plus, Muppets Now, it's the latest thing. It's like shorts, so they're not long, you know, seven minutes. Um, but Muppets Now drops on the 31st as well. So as bleak as the some of the output looks, there are a few things to kind of circle on the calendar and kind of get yourself ready for. And then to kind of close out that piece of the discussion, here's what we've got going on. And I know... Um, We've kind of we took a, a little bit of a break over the Fourth of July holiday because holiday weekend, um, but we've got our summer movie series at Pop Goes the Culture on our cast channel. Um, we've got it all planned out, scheduled out. Here is what we've got going on throughout the rest of the summer. Right here, if you're Tara and you're sitting in the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel on Saturday the 11th, which is this Saturday. You know, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's tomorrow. If you're listening on Saturday, it's tonight. If you're listening on Sunday, you missed it. Um, but we've got Jaws because that's the summer movie. So Jaws on Saturday the 11th. The next Saturday, Saturday the 18th, we are watching, having a watch party for Cool Hand Luke. Um, you may notice a theme, a lot of, a lot of summertime stuff going on here. Saturday the 25th, we are watching on the cast channel Blazing Saddles. We're watching that one together. On Saturday, August the 1st, we're watching Do the Right Thing. On Saturday, August the 8th, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Saturday, August the 15th, Wet Hot American Summer. Saturday, August the 22nd, Dirty Dancing. 
And then on Saturday, the 29th of August, on Judgment Day, it's in the fucking movie, we are watching Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, that's our the rest of our summer movie series. We got that, plus we're doing the WWE pay-per-views. We've got Extreme Rules on Sunday, July the 19th. We are already planning our fall cast series. We have uh, we've got some partnerships. We're working with some other individuals and organizations to uh, to do some watch parties on our cast channel as well. Uh, for example, I know next Friday night the what would that be the seventeenth? No, yeah, seventeenth. We're going to do a Hamilton watch party uh, here on the cast channel. So with our friends over at the. Uh, the Alamo Draft House. Uh, we've actually put together a, you know, how the Alamo has their, you know, 30 minutes or so. Once the theater opens, you're, there's something on the screen. Uh, we've actually put together about a 25 minute pre movie role that is going to feel awfully a lot like uh, you're sitting at the Alamo Draft House if you come and, and you join the channel early. So you'll want to check that out. Um, so a lot going on. So you don't have to sit around with nothing to do. We've given you some ideas We've of what we're watching. We've given you some things to kind of circle on the calendar. We've told you what we've got going on, what we're going to throw out there. You can find all that information, every bit of that, at popgoestheculture.com. If you go to the calendar page on our website, every bit of that, you can sort it and filter it. You can just look at what's coming out on TV. You can look out at you know, what we're going to be casting. You can check all of that stuff out. So be sure to check that out. This week's pop quiz. We 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 don't have a pop quiz. We have an idea. <laughs> we we have some thoughts. We threw some thoughts out there, um, but we just need to settle on what we want to do. Um, because everybody but Curtis has seen Hamilton, um, we, we thought we should probably do like a Hamilton themed pop quiz. Um, so a couple of options we could do. One option could be how many times have you watched Hamilton since it's been out on Disney plus that's an easy one because it's like zero one more than once. I don't know, whatever. Um, or we could dig into it a little bit more and we could say, you know, which was your favorite song? Who was your favorite performer? We can, you know, we can kind of, we can kind of break into it a little bit more. Yeah. Favorite character, favorite actor, you know, whatever the case, whatever we want to do. So what do you guys want to do? What kind of Hamilton themed pop quiz should we do? <coughs> yeah. Okay. <That's> <laughs> uh, I don't have an answer. So yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> well, if we did songs, I mean, there's like, 50 songs in that damn thing. So <laughs> right. it'd be tough to narrow that down to. I mean, uh, maybe could, the favorite actor. I mean, there's. You want to do actor or you want to do good. character? <coughs> yeah, probably better do character since people probably don't know the name of the person we're talking about. Right. Or, yeah. And because many, most of the, a lot of the actors play multiple parts. So this will kind of help break that yeah. down too. Okay. So favorite character in Hamilton. Is that cool? Is that what we're going to go with? I like it. Sure. Curtis is fine with that. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm going to say you want to. Hamilton. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Steve. <laughs> you know, yeah. the third guy in the uh, the third guy in the ensemble that, you know, walks around. <laughs> the guy that dances with the book is what I'm going to go with. <laughs> uh, okay, nice. so so uh, so Kenny has seen it. 
Hawk has seen it. I have seen it. And Tara has seen it. And Tara is over there on the cast, furiously typing away with her favorite character. So uh, should we do that then? Everybody just throw your favorite one character out there and let's, and we can talk about it. And then uh, that can be our pop quiz for the week. Is that cool with, uh, we like Tara more than we like Curtis. Um, sometimes when we have to choose, which is not often, but when we have to choose, a lot of times we do end up siding with Tara. I'll just throw that out there. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure that was yeah. a thing <laughs> before I made my vote. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's all right. So Tara has thrown hers out there. We'll get to it. Um, actually we're going to give her the first choice, even though she's not on the podcast, even though I tell her she should just talk on the show. But so Tara yes. has gone with, uh, Lafayette, the character. Damn it. That's my choice. David Diggs is awesome. God, he does so good there. Yeah, uh, that is um, (laughs) the the I forget the name of the song that he's doing, but when I think it's Ships and Guns is the name of it. But when yeah, when he comes back and is just a mile a minute, (laughs) that it's pretty impressive. Uh, Yeah, his swagger, everything. God, he he brings so much to both Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Okay, so Tara goes with Lafayette. So between Kenny and Hawk and I, we each pick one character to throw out there. Uh, who's got one ready to go? Washington. You're going with Washington? Of course. And why? Give us the why behind it. It's Chris is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we, uh, not because of the character. It's because Chris is honestly. I feel like the character that he plays holds him back from how amazing he really is. Yeah, you don't get to see him at his very best. I will say that it felt like I couldn't. He wasn't one of my favorite characters in the show, and it was because it felt like there was like he was wanting to do more, but you never got that more. And I guess yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's in. For, for the for the actor for the people that are on stage, um, next to Lynn, he's probably the most talented person on that stage. Right. He doesn't get to show it. Um, I say it's because of his stature and his age. Right, but Lynn doesn't really care about <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, Chris is so, not going to be da- uh, jumping up on a table and uh, <laughs> all that. Yeah, no, no, no. Especially not when the way Lafayette comes out. I'm sorry, when uh, the way Jefferson comes out. Yeah, uh, Chris ain't going to be able to do none of that. No, but but he owns that stage every time he walks out. Oh yeah, no, he's the he, he's the anchor. He's the veteran. Own. He's the mentor. He's the He's the anchor. He plays the moral center. I mean, he is, yeah. Again, that's what you can get away with when you're writing the play to the specific performers. I mean, so. Honestly, and the other other thing is pound for pound, he can rap and freestyle <laughs> as good, if not better, than Lynn. Yeah. And he never gets to do it, so people don't know that. Yeah. He can sing as good as Leslie and rap as good as Lynn. So. Yeah. Okay, so we've got he's got my we got Lafayette and we've got Washington. Kenny, do you have one? I'm I have two, and I'm not sure which way to go on this. Okay, I'm throw them both out there, and then we'll let you talk yourself into one of them. Okay, because uh, because only because Lafayette's gone, and I'm I don't want to do you know Thomas Jefferson putting the same person in there. Uh, I was. I was torn between King George the Third, uh-huh. 
And good song. Yeah, I mean that's just great what he does that thing. <laughs> right. But I'm I'm really up on Eliza too, the actress. Oh God, she so kills. Much. It it is beautiful, and when she sings "Burn," right. I'm not gonna lie, I cried a little bit. It was powerful. Oh, yeah. Like she dug in a deep place of hurt and brought it into that song. And it's you know what? I'll just pick her. I'm picking Eliza because. She just, she killed it. Yeah. Very good. All right. So um, we'll just kind of run through what's left um, real quick, and then I'll come up with a choice. So we've got, um, <laughs> you, you, we've got a couple of actors that are, you know, playing multiple parts. I think it was only like five characters that don't change or five actors who don't change characters at the intermission. Um, but yeah, we've got King George who, only gets, I believe somebody said that he only gets nine minutes of time on the screen. And part of that, he's kind of like sitting on a stool waiting for a, to jump into the middle of a dance number. But yeah. for the nine minutes that he gets, the guy absolutely owns all nine of those fucking minutes. Yeah. Every time he comes out, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's no, he knows his role. He knows what he's supposed to do. Um, and he comes out and just absolutely nails it. Uh, the guy who plays, uh, he starts off in act one as uh, Hercules Mulligan, and then he becomes James Madison in act two. Yes. Um, he, he does something that uh, he, I mean, he, and every one of these performers is great. He does a great job of, he plays kind of the rowdy body loud character in the first act. And then the second act, he gets to play the quiet, reserved statesman. You know, he doesn't say a whole lot when he does. It's very <laughs> measured. So I like how they do a lot of that. They kind of, you know, they, they have characters showing range by playing different stuff. Um, we've got, he can sing good. yeah, absolutely. Like the second act. Oh yeah. my gosh. I was like, wow, that, that dude can seriously sing. I, I'm impressed. Well, that's the thing. The first act you're like, okay, he's like a fucking, almost like a bulldozer in the first act. Right. Yeah. And then in the second act, yeah, he's very, yeah, he, he sings, he's you know, more ballads and it's just, it's, it's funny to watch uh, just to see that. Uh, another actor who I think does the exact same thing, but does it even better um, is the actress who is Peggy in the first half and Mariah Reynolds in the second half, because in the first half, she's very, she sings at a really high register. Um, and you're just kind of like, okay, she's kind of got this whiny thing down, whatever. She's the little sister. But then when she comes out in the second half and is doing this smoky, sultry, like much lower register, it's like, talk about, I mean, it's just crazy range that all of these performers yeah. have. But that is one where it's like, I think she has shows the biggest range in her singing ability between act one and act two. So that's another one that I think that you've got to just kind of like, wow, that's, that's great. Um, I, I, I kind of want to put Thomas Jefferson on the list just because it is so radically different from Lafayette. And I remember reading uh, an interview that David did and he said that uh, he was having a hard time early on um, making that transition, you know, his Lafayette and his Thomas Jefferson weren't, as dissimilar as they should have been. Um, and he was having, he was struggling. And so he went to, he went to the director and said, help me separate these characters in my head. I've got to, I've got to do something different. And so they said, okay, well we've got the lyrics here in the first half play Lafayette, like, you know, like 
a knight, like a French knight. He's coming in to save the day and he's, you know, all this. And then he said, okay, well, I've kind of got that. He's like, what do I do with Thomas Jefferson to make him different? He said, play Thomas Jefferson like Bugs Bunny. If you were playing Bugs Bunny, that's what I want you to do with Thomas Jefferson. And he said, he said, when that was said, it was like the light switch went on. And all of a sudden we get Thomas Jefferson, who is a just, he's a fantastic character. You can't, every time he is, every time he's on stage, um, I mean, first of all, he's just, David is just a, a force to be reckoned with. But dude, Thomas Jefferson is another character where, yes, King George is meant to be comedic relief, but Thomas Jefferson is comedic relief without having to have that break where you have to bring somebody in to be the comedic relief. Um, so that that's pretty fantastic. And I really want to put him on the list. But like you said, I don't know that I want to split the votes. Um, so I think I am going to go with my pick as Angelica because the lady uh, Renee seeing just everything she is doing is just it's captivating to watch if you listen to her voice if you listen to in the same song she will go from you know hip-hop to singing you know like uh, ballad style to just whatever she's all over the place within the same song plus with the choreography plus with everything going on um just anytime she's on the stage um, she captures i think that same emotional uh power that uh philippa soup that's playing eliza gets as well as I mean, she, she's doing everything that the guys are doing, but she's doing it much more subtly and doing it a lot of times within the same song. And she's got to manage that fucking turntable because every time she's on, they are moving the stage under her feet on every fucking song. Um, so the choreography piece of it as well. I mean, it's just, she's uh, captivating to watch. So that's who I think I'm going to go with on my pick. Well, I'd like to say one more thing about like, uh, I didn't catch it the first time when I was watching, but Leslie Odom Jr. plays Aaron Burr. Right. Uh, like, I there was something about his character, and I was just like, I don't know. I can't get into his character. It's like he's he's there, but he's not there and stuff. And it wasn't until I watched the second time that I was like, wait a minute. That is exactly who Burr was. Yeah. He I've- wanted to be everywhere, but not stand out you know not cause anything and he played that so good up until he was running for president yeah where he would have to be a little more out so the character is more out so that brought him more into my attention and i was like holy hell he did an amazing job (laughs) at that yeah crushed her um again i like chris i felt like uh leslie played any character and they gave him they didn't give him the character that he they gave him the character that he would crush yeah he played everything exactly the way he was asked to yeah was asked to do anything different he would have done it yeah and you can see all the nuances uh when he first when he when he first comes on he's 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 withdrawn and then there's a point uh when he's running for president he's getting his ass handed to him on stage and he plays that yeah, almost submissive, for lack of a better word. Yep, and he yeah. just crushes it. And I'll say this: of all the performers on that stage, 
the least talented performer is Lin-Manuel Miranda. He, he's got the most, yeah, he, he wrote the script. He, He did, he put the show together, but I would say he's probably the least, and, and that's not knocking him or his performance. It's saying that he knew who he wanted to be on stage with, and he yep. he wrote around them and to their talents, and and yeah, it's as much as it yeah it allows people to shine in their comfort zones while at the same time still servicing the story and not letting everybody just do whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. And then the last thing, what's that? Are we servicing people? What happened? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and then the last thing I'll mention is uh, the actress that plays uh, the Grim Reaper, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Uh, she's the she's the first person to die every time she's on stage. After that, she's um, letting you know she's tipping the hand. She's telling you who's going to die next. Um, she's the one that does the bullet catch and you know makes the bullet fly around and stuff. Yeah, God, that was a cool part. Yeah, she yeah. Uh, she she is. She is not supposed to be. She's supposed to be seen, but not seen kind of thing. Um, she's yeah, so cute. She is. And she, everything she does, whether she's, you know, laughing with the king or, you know, doing stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's another one of those things where it's just layers upon layers to the whole story. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, there's not a bad performance in it, um, but these are our four favorites, our pop quiz this week. Your favorite character in Hamilton. The choices are Lafayette. Which I still feel like his Thomas Jefferson's better, but we'll go with Lafayette because that's what Tara wants. Uh, Washington. Yeah, he, yeah he, he, he nails both of them. But yeah, Jefferson, I think. I, I prefer his Jefferson better, but yeah, he does great in both. Uh, Lafayette, Washington, Eliza, and Angelica. Those are your four to choose from. This week's pop quiz is live right now if you're listening on friday if you're on cast it's it's not on um give give me till tomorrow to get it put up that's this week's pop quiz you can vote on twitter and facebook just search for and follow us at pgtc podcast that stands for pop goes the culture podcast the pop quiz is pinned right to the top of those pages so you cannot miss them we will bring you the results of the pop quiz on next week's brand new episode of the pop goes the culture podcast Coming up this week, as we talked about Saturday, we're doing a Jaws watch party on the Pop Goes the Culture Cast channel. Uh, the link to our channel, if you've never done, if you've never joined us on cast, is at popgoestheculture.com. You'll see it on the right-hand side there. It says, join us on cast. Uh, you can check out the schedule for the rest of the summer. Uh, like I said, our entire calendar page is on the website. It includes, like I said, a, a Hamilton watch party next Friday. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't know what the hell we're talking about, you can check it out with us. That's on Friday night, July the 17th. Tara, by the way is hooking us up with a Hamilton-themed craft and a bunch of drink recipes on Saturday. So be sure to check that out. Uh, there's some drinks there you might want to make uh, if you're going to join us for our Hamilton watch party. Next Monday, check out a new episode of Roll for Advantage. Uh, that's our D&D 5th Edition adventure at popgoestheculture.com. Dakota and his friends are uh, having a good time. They're actually accomplishing stuff now. They're not just spinning their wheels. Um, if, if you're not, if you're not sure about this whole thing, uh, Tara says it's not as bad as she thought, um, as you hear in the open of our show every week now on Tuesday night, hot ones, the game show season two on true TV that kicks off on true TV Tuesday night and new comics from DC comics on Tuesday. Everybody else has their new comics arriving on Wednesday. Wednesday. Also, like we said, is the Peacock streaming service launch. 
Um, that includes, like I said, Psych 2, Lassie Come Home. That's probably the big launch thing they've got going on on Peacock on Wednesday. And then there's the Whedon Wednesday watch party on the Fanatics and the Fan Facebook page. You guys are on to Buffy now. Is that right, Huck? We are. We are. I'm to get through uh, the first two seasons of Buffy so that we can start breaking things up. We can start adding Angel and some other stuff. But yeah, we actually are on episode seven and eight this week. Right on. So check that out on Wednesday nights on the Fanatics and the Fans Facebook page. On Thursday, next Thursday, the 30 Rock reunion episode airs on NBC. This is the one where they uh, they didn't have the traditional uh, Television Critics Association and uh, all the upfronts and stuff. So this is where they're just using a 30 Rock reunion episode filmed from people's homes um, to, to do their whole upfronts. Like, hey, here's what you can catch this fall on NBC. So that'll be something. I don't know. That sounds odd to me. And then, of course, we'll be recording next week's brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. You can join us live on the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel, as a few folks have. Uh, you can listen to and interact with us as we're recording. And again, we read everything. We, we just might read yours, actually, on the air. And then next Friday, look for next week's episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in your podcast player of choice. If you've enjoyed this or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please take a moment and leave a review in your podcast player. Doesn't cost a thing. It's really one of the best ways that you can show your support for the show. I think that's going to wrap us up. Does anybody have anything before we get out of here for the week? I also have family game night every Friday night on Fanatics and the Fan. This week's we are doing Jackbox TV. Right on. Do you guys have All a set, the- Do you guys have a set time for that? I need to put that on my every Friday at seven p.m. Seven p.m. Have so much fun. Uh, if you've never played Jackbox games. It is just a laugh riot. We, we tend to broadcast live about the first 30 minutes. And then after that, because of the FCC, we can't broadcast past that because it just gets nasty. <laughs> well, you know, the FCC Easy. doesn't regulate any of this. So. I know. <laughs> just saying. All right, cool. Anything else? Anybody got anything else before we get out of here? Brad, Kenny, you guys got anything? No, I'm good. Not really. All right. Well, then that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, everybody who was on the show. Thanks, everybody who joined us on cast. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening to your podcast player. For Brad and Hawk and Kenny and Curtis and Dustin, who had to get off of here, my name is Joey Mills again with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We will catch you right back here next week for another new episode. Be safe. Be healthy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. We'll see you next week. Peace. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.